Hello occultists, ogres and the otherworldly. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror and fun. This is episode 24 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. Or focus video. <laughs> you can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on the YouTube. Maybe not next week, YouTube, though, because I can't be fucked dealing with it anymore. No one's watching it, so... Yeah, I know, um, which is good because we're an audio podcast. That so makes sense that those visual people would probably... So if you're watching it on YouTube now, go over to SoundCloud or to podcasting services because they're probably going to majorly move over to that. Anyhow, Jen, what have you been doing? What have I been doing? It's been a very busy week, but also... Hot. I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor the other day. Took B- me Bly? Bly. Blind? Bly. B-L-Y. That's not a word. It's a word. Uh, I watched that the other day. That was uh, that was really good. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of hating on it at the moment because they don't consider it to be actual horror, but it's gothic horror just retold in the 80s. So, What is what gothic that? horror? I, when you say gothic horror, I stupidly think of underworld. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking goths. Um, no, it's just like, you know, sort of uh, like castles and very like 18th century. Like kind Dracula? Of. Yeah, a little bit. A bit like that. But so, what, what was it about? Like, the ha- is it a haunt? Is it set in, is it a period piece? Well, it, they've set it in 1987. So, because mm-hmm. like the original Henry James novel was in the 80s or the 1900s. A little, little way back ago. Um, so, nobody... A lot of those films are very slow moving, and of course, with something day, you just reimagine it as something a little bit more temporary. People are able to watch it easier. So it's um, Netflix original series done by the people that did the Haunting of Hill House, which was really good. Yeah, that that I watched. I actually never finished it, but I started watching that. I watched Hereditary and went straight into that. Oh, and that was a bad thing to do because oh. Hereditary was so good in my opinion, yeah. doing the same kind of thing. The Hill House felt, felt like it was just running the race just a little bit behind it. So I, uh, okay. I kind of fucked it up for myself because I'd watched, I should have watched Hill House. I can never get the name right. Yes. Yeah, Horny Hill House. Yeah. Um, and yeah. But yeah, certain 87. 87 is that weird year. You, you should do either 85. Yes. Because 87 is getting too close to MC Hammer being relevant and Vanilla <laughs> Ice for anything to be like horror. Well, the young lady in it was wearing some terrible like mum jeans that were very close to being happy pants. Happy pants. Yeah, I've thought of them in a while. Remember, oh. Only some of our listeners will understand them. Not a week goes by where I'm not having a discussion with someone about happy pants. Oh, and then they turn into like hammer pants? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and then and nowadays they they they're considered high fashion. They're called like uh harem Oh they? yeah, it's harem. Yeah. That's what they are, but it's yeah, like those, yeah, the low much. crutches. I love a, I love a drop crotch pant though. A poo catcher. Yeah, they're so comfortable. <laughs> they're so comfortable. Amazing. Let's go on to straight on to horror. Oh wait, I'm talking about what I'm talking about. You. <laughs> um, what have I been? I've been watching the uh, anime called God of High School. Have you heard of this? I have not. It is so stupid. <laughs> it sounds. It stupid. is. So imagine it. Modern time. Yep. Um, and it's a fighting tournament. Not. Too different to like is an MMA, but with high school students. Sure. But for some reason, they can just, they all have magical powers. Of course, but because like, it's anime. But it's a Korean anime. Oh. And it's based on a web comic. And uh-huh. it's, this has been purely made by Crunchyroll. This is like a full Crunchyroll production. Oh, well done. The thing with this 
what I found about it, it's amazing. All the fighting is choreographed. Like they do it in real, and then they um, uh, rotoscope all the fighting, which is amazing, which yeah. makes it really look really good. The one thing that's wrong with it is it's very fast moving, and the thing with the battle manga, in my opinion, what you need, most people like them, is because of the long game that they play. Mm-hmm. So you've got these like really long, um, long-winded storylines about characters that they reveal stuff slowly, and that's your your payoff. Where in this day. There's like, I it it's like whole seasons of a normal anime happen every episode. Like there's one where like the main one of the main characters accidentally just says yes to getting married and they have to stop a marriage and all this stuff and it's just like, and then the next episode it's just never mentioned again. It just moves along so fast, but that you never really get that. But it has all the tropes in it, so it's yeah. ticking all the boxes. But not well. I would be more inclined because the one thing I don't like about anime is like a twenty six episode series and it's like. Too freaking long. Nothing oh, happens. You may like God of High School. It's yeah. pretty like the fighting in it is amazing, and you can tell it is like a homage to to Battle Manga. Like yeah. the stuff that happens in it is so stupid. It's a shady organization organizing this high school tournament to find people with power to fight this god that's coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and whatever. Well, and I've also been playing Crash Bandicoot Four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about time, I think it's called. Which is uh, if you like Crash Bandicoot, it's pretty much just Crash Bandicoot from like the nineties, but just super hard, harder. No, because it's as hard as the old ones. Yeah. Like, they've made it kind of easier, in my opinion, because, like, you don't have limited lives. you just got forever lives. Okay. Um, but you can play it in classic mode where you only get three lives and ah, it continues. okay. But, yeah, it is, it is hard. It is a traditionally hard game. But I don't even know if when they first made Crash Bandicoot, they meant it to be hard. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But now yeah. it looks as they're dealing with 3D. And apart from that, my... Scary, stressful things this week is I've been like setting up and getting ready for my school talks, which are next week. So I'm a writer and illustrator, so I go to schools and do talks to kids. And once a year, I just do them all in one block kind of well, thing. Well, it's book week next week, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like new book week because of COVID, different time. Yeah, but it hasn't yeah. worked out very well. A lot of the schools had to cancel because of a... It's also like a swimming carnival week for all schools, and they didn't sure. realize when they moved book week to that week. So uh, lots of schools couldn't do it because they're like, we're already booked out for a carnival. Yeah. Because okay. you know when they do swimming carnivals, they always do them in like the fucking winter. Yes. <laughs> like yes. they're idiots. Why would they? Anyhow, now that everyone knows what I've been doing, let's move on to horror new homework, I mean. So every week Jennifer and I set ourselves a horror movie to watch and then we go through it scene by scene the next week and spoil the fuck out of it for all you guys. <laughs> we pull it apart. We, 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 you know, we rip our claws into it, pull it, its chest open and, the innards. and roll around in its intestines <laughs> and then just leave it as a mess lying on the ground and don't pick up our stuff afterwards. It's true. We have an uh, amazing rating system. Um, Jen, go over our rating system. People yes. need to know. What the fuck we're talking about? It's true. So we've got A, awesome, everybody should watch. B, beer and chicken wing group movie. F is fun and dumb. C, classic that's worth a watch. G, good for its time but is not held up. We've got the J, Jen special, the D, Dan special. W, for whatever. S, shit, avoid, and the newly renamed Texas. The, the rating, rating just called Texas. Texas. Now I thought about this. Is Texas going to get angry about us for this? Because, you know, we have a, some listeners in Texas. So, tex- is there any Texans out there? This has nothing to do with you. No. <laughs> or no. your state or your country or your no. beloved. This is hat. the first time that I've not mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. But you did. But I just did. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, Texas is the worst possible thing you can get rated on this show. Yep, sorry, Texas. Maybe we should change it to the McConaughey. Oh, we just change it every week. Because <laughs> yeah. he was pretty bad in that. He film. was fucking chewing the scenery in that film. Anyhow, so what do we? So this is the second part of our two-part um, Grindhouse special. Yes. Um, so last week we watched Planet Terror and we got into that. We were going to go over both of them last week, but it's got too long. We realized yeah. we had to split it up. We just tore into it too much. We tore. Oh, we, we ripped and snarled. Um, so today we're going to look at the second part film, which is Death Proof. But before that, we are, um, we, there are some trailers before it, yes. which we should talk about. Yes, we should. But we should get into it. Do you want to do its nitty gritties? Yes. Um, so Death Proof, uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, uh, starring Rose McGowan, who was in Planet Terror, Kurt Russell, which we all know from Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York, and The, the Thing. Thing. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinsteads, she is uh, from Scott Pilgrim, as most people would know her from. Wait, wait, um, which one is she? She's um, Ramona. Ramona? Yeah. Which one was she in it? She's the cheerleader. Cheerleader. The, oh. The cheerleader that gets left behind. Yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't even pick her. looks completely Every time different. that actress is in anything, she looks different to me. She does. She and because she's, she's Huntress in Birds of Prey. Oh, really? And she looks completely different. It's like she's lost her, her like baby... Baby fat, like her chubby face. Um, right. Not that she was a chubby girl, but she just... is the middle picture in an anamorph. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, she is. Um, and of course, Rosario Dawson. And I love her. And oh, I love her. So she is in Sin City, Men in Black Two, Clerks Two, and many, many, many other things. I um, I first got into her with Clerks Two. Yes, that that roof dancing scene is pretty mesmerizing. <laughs> it's <laughs> going, kind of hypnotic, isn't it? Yeah, you can't really do that dance without wearing a bra and expect people not to just go like, "What the fuck?" It's true, and she's a nudist in real life, so a lot of her Instagram. No, I'm just yeah. that's yeah. bullshit. I have to go somewhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> she, to Instagram. She is a definitely a. She's like an Amazonian. She's a. I love her. Uh anyway. <laughs> Back to reality. Uh, hands on tables, people. <laughs> this film had a budget of between 53 and 67 million and it grossed 25.4 million. That's a fail. So it's a wow wow kind of film. That um, is a massive fail. But is that, is that theater or is that everything? That's, that's the American box Take. office. Yeah. So I don't know what it's made with DVD sales and Blu-ray and sales. And when they split the film up as well. Yeah, because like... they did at one point because people just, even though it said stay in the cinema for the next film, people just got up and left. Yeah, right. So they yeah, well, I found it too it. long in the cinema watching both of them. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah I just got into Planet Terror and it was rad and it was exciting and I was like, and then it's just like trailers and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to have another whole film ahead of me. And then it was fucking Death Proof, which has war should have been the first film. Well, chronologically, it was technically the first film. But, yeah, I, I do feel that um, because they are very, very different films. And if you've watched any of those sort of, like, car films from the 70s. Like the Jewel? Jewel and Vanishing Point and, like, Death Race 2000. Oh, I've watched that recently. Um, like, it's amazing. It is. But Death Race 2000 is cool. That film is, like, it's it's if you've never seen it, that film, you should really watch it. It's got, like... Sylvester Stallone in it playing yeah. like a rich weird dude. And, and uh, isn't Bill Carradine in it? Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, death, he's like the he's main man. The main man. And Mary Warrenoff, who is uh, the mum from Terrorvision, who I have grown to love quite deeply. She's in it as well. 
Yeah, and it's got weird nudity in it, and it's hyper violent. Like mm. it's violent enough that like it has bits like out of like Planet Terror where they're running over corpses that are just full of blood and stuff, and you just like, yes. and they kill children in it, and you get points for killing children. It's like Carmageddon. Yeah, it is actually just Carmageddon yeah. the movie. This is where Carmageddon came from. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's a massive, massive, you know, um, like co- commentary on just like. Uh, what we find entertaining and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I watched Vanishing Point not too long ago for the very first time because obviously they talk about it quite frequently in Death Proof. I'm like, I've never watched it. I should probably watch it. Kind of bored. Like, it's a car driving. Huh? A, a Vanishing Point. Oh, Vanishing Point. I've never seen it. I didn't and bother. And things happen every so often, <laughs> but... I also watched this week, and I forgot to mention in my thing, is I watched the uh, that new social media one on... Netflix, the social oh. uh, dilemma. dilemma. Yeah, I watched it last night. It's scary, crazy. Like, mm. and these aren't just like you know people just ranting on about it about social media, how bad it is. These are all the people who created it, all the people from Facebook and Google that started it all. Yeah, and then within the company went, hang on, this is bad. Yeah, and they all quit, and now they're like, like now they go around telling people how crazy all the things they created and algorithms are, and how bad it is, and it just showed like. All the stuff, the, the thing that made me is when, when it all started, at that time, suicide rates of kids went up and suicide rates started between 10 to 12-year-old girls. And it's, it's now- it's, a lot it's of cyberbullying. Well, it's just now, it's 160, 170% higher with kids between 10 and 12 years old than it was before social media suicide rate. What the fuck? And they're like, it's us. We did it. And they show how it works and kids they go through it. should not be on, like I get messages- they're like, they're through, like you, shouldn't, my work. you shouldn't be allowed to have social media or phones until you're 18 and adult and 100%. stuff like that. It's crazy. The amount and of this- kids that message me, like my, my shop, not me personally, just like really cement that one. Um, I'm like, what are you doing? You should be, A, don't message me. You should be at school and B, like, doing. Anyhow, everyone should watch this thing. Um, not being like, you know, it's, it's not left wing or right wing or anything like that. It's all the and it's all the people that created these these things that have left and they're just talking about it and they're yeah. just like really worried about just the world on how this it's is working. What and like, happens when we use things for evil instead of good? Well, it's not. It's crazy. You have to watch it. Like mm. it's not just black and white, and they but they really explain it down into a thing in uh, some photo. Yeah. Let's just stop talking about that. I digress. I did it again. It's, it should have been my thing. <laughs> it's what we do. We're it's what we about, do. We're talking about death proof. We're talking about a broom broom car. Which, I, like I said last week, this is probably my favourite Tarantino film. Nah. And it <clears> is definitely in one of my like top five film picks. My favourite Tarantino film is still just Kill Bill. It was great. Like, I just find it fun. Um, doesn't have much Quentin Tarantino in it. I know. Anything with no Quentin Tarantino is best. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) But first, before the movie starts, we get our trailers, our fake trailer. So the first one is The Werewolf Women of the SS. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's directed by Rob Zombie, who I fucking love. Um, (laughs) I have have a huge soft spot for him. Um, This, so... He then turned this song into uh, this uh, trailer into a song, Werewolf Women of the SS, and was released on his 2010 Hellbilly Deluxe 2. Hellbilly? Um, Hellbilly. Um, and originally it went for about six minutes long, and I think they had to step in and cut it for him because he's like, no, everything needs to be here. 
has to be here. It doesn't because a trailer doesn't have to tell a story. It doesn't, but... Uh, and it was, uh, it was okay. Yeah. But the next one, which clearly shows that you don't have to tell a story, is Don't. <laughs> the movie Don't. 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 Directed by Edgar Wright, who yeah. did uh, Shaun of the Dead and... And you can tell it straight away. I was yeah. like, is that Nick Frost? There's Nick Frost and uh, a lot of, like, British actors that you'd know in, from all these different things. Um, it's it's very sort of homage to the 70s British kind of, like, you know, films. Like, if you're thinking about going to the basement, don't. don't. Yeah, the, the, with the don't and the next one, I noticed that they they more homaged an editing style of trailers where I thought the world with the SS one was just, like, it was just a, a flat it was trailer. Just ridiculousness. But yeah, and they, I'm okay with it. But yeah, don't and the next one was Thanksgiving. They fully went with the <laughs> the hilarious editing. Like yes. don't was just that one. If you're thinking about opening this door, don't. don't. And like just kept and it just kept going. Yeah. And then Thanksgiving did the same thing. Like it just showed a scene Ugh. that was ridiculous. And then said, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> In the, like that dude's low yeah. horror voice. Like, Sorry. I can't even do it. Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was directed by Eli Roth. Um, who did the Hostel movies. Um, he he actually did this uh, trailer while he was filming Hostel. Oh, so dude, you, you you'll can... notice that like, the actors from Hostel are in the trailer. Oh, really? Um, he just probably was on the day. Can you just like do a couple just, of things? Just do this thing for me, guys. Like, no questions asked. This this trailer is all kinds of fucked up as well. Like, this one is... Is that the one with the trampoline? Yes. So that that was the point where Liz was like, nah, I'm out. I'm going to bed. You're but on your own. It should be the bit where you, you come in because that was a it's what is it? She's like a cheerleader She's, bouncing on a trampoline, and then she does the split, a uh, splits jump, and yeah. someone puts a knife up of a juju. <laughs> just uh, she lands on that, and that shit ain't right. And then it's just like Thanksgiving, <laughs> and it's um, got that weird, weird start where the dude is just like at a Thanksgiving parade and just yeah. goes and chops the head off someone in front of everyone. It's like yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. That trailer was definitely, I think it definitely wasn't my favorite, but it's definitely up there for like. The fun talks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The um, fun talks. I was just, just going to try and find the trailer, but I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. <laughs> I'll, um, I will post them all on the social medias because I feel that everyone needs to, to check them out. Oh, I found it. Found it. Went you up. found it? <laughs> I've got no sound. Hey. Come on. Also, Where- I'd like to point out that Werewolf Women of the SS has Nicolas Cage as a cameo playing Fu Manchu. So we can hear it now. No, we can't. No, we can't. That's fine. <laughs> I will post all the trailers onto the Facebook um, today or tomorrow because cool. I, everyone needs to watch them. I apologize for that sloppy podcasting. That's fine. <laughs> they expect nothing less from us. Exactly. Um, at least we don't have a dude making a shed next door this week. <laughs> or static. That's Hopefully true. we don't have static. I don't know. I can't tell. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Anyway, death proof. Yes. Let's get into it. Ha. It starts. Uh, sexy opening um, straight away. You know, Straight away. Uh, pops up with the Thunderbolt logo and then yep. cuts it to the death proof logo. Wasn't there like a sexy dance stuff though at the start? No, that was, uh, that was Planet Terror. Sure there was a sexy dance out of this with like women and stuff no so the, the film starts in pure tarantino fashion where it's just a car driving and uh it's the point of view of the lady that's in the passenger seat and it's just her feet on the dashboard 
So that's right. Tarantino. That's the thing I got. That, that, foot that, that was my sexy thing. Yeah, the foot yeah, fetish thing. The foot it, fetish. Yeah, I don't like foot fetishes and I don't like that Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish because number one, he's gross and number two, I find foot fetishes gross. So it's strange. It, it's typical that he has a foot fetish. Yeah. So basically these, these girls are driving to uh, Jungle Julia. They're driving to her apartment to pick her up and she is, of course, like walks into a room putting on a top in her underwear. Then she goes and sits on couch, puts her feet up um, above, uh, below, uh, I think it's Bridget Bardot, a uh, big big picture of Bridget Bardot, um, correct me if I'm wrong, with her feet up. So it's like this double take. And of course, the girls arrive. One girl's like, hang on, I'm coming up. I got to pee. She's walking up, basically just holding her crutch because a woman of her age cannot know pelvic floor, apparently. Apparently not. Um, so she's got to pretty much stick her hands right up her over juju, over juju, um, and then cut to. Them oh, yeah, the yeah, that was the thing. None of that was like none of that did anything for me. I was just like, I always find that Quentin Tarantino's conversations in film, a lot of them are really wanky and pretentious, and I found every conversation in this film quite pretentious as fuck and a, a male that has written female dialogue that's how it felt to me of them that's like and he overdoes all that yeah you hell fuck yeah sister yeah fuck you bitch <laughs> and i'm like oh my god and um, yeah like starting a film like this with a giant long conversation in a car of characters we don't know don't know who they are don't know what they're talking about and it goes for like it felt like 10 minutes yep. of just Three people just going back and forward having a conversation. I consider it a bus stop and just hear that of people I don't know <laughs> talking to each other. But I don't know. See, me and you, I'm going to sit here and just rag shit on this film and you're going to love it. That's totally fine. Like, because I... Love that conversation? Love the... Well, so what I love so much about this film is this film doesn't set anything up really because you just imagine that these girls are these are your main characters we're going to follow these girls through the entire film spoil that bit spoilers yeah we're a fucking spoiler i know but we still want to do it chronologically we'll get there we'll get there yes um so the fact that we're sitting in this car having this conversation with these three girls we get to know them a little bit they're talking obviously jungle julia has like She's got this crazy, you know, she's got billboards all over Austin, Texas, and she's, you know, starting to become a big thing. And then they're talking about the other girl who's come in from out of town, Butterfly. She's coming from out of town. She's obviously hooked up with the, some dude from the night before, and they want the details. So then they're trying to, like, get all these details out of her. So we're, we are getting to know, know these girls through uh, a very long-winded conversation, if you it's the most vacuous conversations in the world that don't mean anything. It was like that's, watching. That's how we talk. It's like watching social media <laughs> as a film. I was just like, oh. Uh, and straight away, because I just watched the credits and saw all these great actresses that were going to be in it, and mm. it, weren't, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. And I was like, okay. So, the, like, obviously, this is the opening. I like these, these people are going to die or whatever. But they didn't die. They just no. kept going. They <laughs> fucking kept talking. But we talking. didn't know that they were going to die. So. Uh, spoilers, they die. They all princess died. Um, yeah, and then we've got, look, I've written in here, conversation in bar about butterfly. God, I hate it. <laughs> like, yeah, because they, they have a long-winded conversation in a car. They get out the car, go to a bar, and have a long-winded conversation written in Tarantino style. I think that's my problem with this film. Is it's that Tarantino. It's Quentin Tarantino 
primarily writing lengthy conversations that women say, and it's like it's like he, how he wants women to talk and be like, and I just can't handle Do it. Do you feel that if Quentin Tarantino hadn't written or directed this, had a different opinion? Maybe, but Maybe. if if he hadn't, it probably would have had like real dialogue and meaning in this in the scenes for these characters to be there. I actually, yeah, we we, we might as well just like, or like these characters do die. They do. But the problem is they fucking die over halfway through the film. So it's mm. just like then they introduce four new characters that they and he does it again. He basically makes the fa- same film twice. Yes, exactly the same. Pretty much. It's the worst but fucking idea in the world. It, there is no twist. The only twist is that they beat him. Yeah. Anyhow. It's great. So they rock up to this uh, uh, Guero's Mexican restaurant for their um, burritos and margaritas. And, of course, Butterfly is standing outside and she turns around to see this big-ass fucking car. Um, and we are briefly introduced to Stuntman Mike and his big black car. Um, he's sort of driving slow. She's uncomfortable. And then he just, like, revs it and speeds not a problem. Well, um, you also forgot to mention there's like a, in this scene when they go to the bar and the margaritas, there's this ridiculously long shot of one of the girls just whirling around her hair that goes for like, it feels like minutes. And I'm like, who does that? Like maybe one it, shot of one spin. It depends but she does on like how six, fucking drunk you are. She does like six spins and then none of them seem drunk. No. Because they're all just pushing out dialogue at 100Ks an hour. And I'm like, none of them are like, were slurry. None of them were even looked drunk yeah. whatsoever. This is, it's definitely uh, Tarantino bringing out the sexy. I'd also like to point out that uh, Jungle Julia is Sydney Poitier's either daughter or niece. That's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. So they're talking in the bar about um, uh, one, one girl, random girl, comes up and starts talking to them and she's like, Oh, have you told told her yet? And she's like, No, no, we weren't going to tell her. Basically, Jungle Julia has gotten on the radio and said her friend from like is in town from somewhere and that if they see her in a bar, they can come up to her, buy her a drink and recite a poem. Because yeah, it's like this ridiculously long-winded Quentin Tino-esque thing that he envisions of how people get together. Yeah. And <laughs> then if they successfully re- recite the poem to her, then she basically has to give them a lap dance, which... She gets the choice. All right, she can only do it once. Yeah. So, so if someone's already done it, she can decline. Come yes. On. So, you know, some kind of quirky, funny-looking guy, but not so not like funny-looking that you could fuck kind of guy comes up to you and recites the poem. Um, so, that, okay, well, we're going to wait for that, and that kind of sets us up for uh, later introduction to Stuntman Mike. So then it cuts out to they've gone from Guero's to another bar. Yes. They've gone to Tarantino's bar, where Tarantino is the bartender. Mm. <laughs> You're hating it. You're hating it so bad. Um, and while there, we are now introduced to the fucking sick soundtrack that this movie has. And again, it's Tarantino's soundtrack. It's, all, it's his jukebox, it's isn't his it? It's his jukebox, yeah. He had it flown in specifically for the movie. Seems um, like a waste of money, but sure. He does have great taste in music because this soundtrack is just Fantastic. Yeah, I love the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. I used to listen to that a, a lot. Yeah. I don't know how much input he had into the Natural Born Killers soundtrack because he wrote that, but uh, Oliver Stone yeah. directed it. And I don't, I don't think, think he likes it, but I really liked that mu- the music in that movie, and I really like Oliver Stone just going like, 
I need to use every film technique and film and film stock ever <laughs> invented in one film, please. Yes. Well, it was the 90s and we're all a little bit into... It's got Tony Stark in it. Isn't he the reporter? Plays uh, the Australian reporter? Oh, I could not. I have not seen that movie in a, a number of years. You know, the guy that goes with him the whole way through the, yeah. the jailbreak thing. Oh, no, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Robert Downey Jr., that's his name. That's, that's his name. <laughs> Not yeah. Tony Stark. You, you got there. Um, so we then got, we've now got a cameo from Tarantino and Eli Roth. They're both in the bar. Eli Roth. Oh, which one's Eli Roth? He's the one hanging with the girls who is talking about um, putting shots into the girls. Like, let's let's get them, like, fucking, it's... it's oh, is that him? That's, he that's was, he played like a buddy... He played like a jock meathead date rapist. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. He's quite young. He's he's young looking. I don't think he's oh, okay, quite like young. Me. Yeah, you are <laughs> you are fucking young. Immortal. Yeah, you are. Um, so then they're having this conversation in the bar. It's like they're drinking, they're dancing, they're doing all this stuff. They're talking about where are these other girls because they're all going up to the lake house. Yeah, they're supposed to. Supposed to yeah, they're meeting to go to a lake house to a non uh, a, a non boy. No boys allowed at the no lake house. No boys allowed. But thing. if they give them shots, then no boys at the lake house suddenly turns. So into many of sun. these things were pointless and didn't need to be in it. Like that were just. I don't know if they were purposely red herrings, but like that had no relevance to the. Like none of that even got mentioned again. That and that's I think the problem with Quentin. This film with me is that there was so much dialogue which was pointless to the story wasn't mentioned again and didn't need to be in there at all and all it did was pad out the length of the film. Like, well, I think and then they did it twice. Talking about the lake house and going to the lake house um, is kind of essential because instead of them driving like 500 metres down the road to their house, they're in the middle of fucking nowhere once they've left the bar. Yeah, but you could have written the film in a way that you didn't have to do that. Like, this film could have started, it would have been the same film with the second lot of girls. And it wouldn't have been any different. It would have been You could have had it just one. I mean, they wanted that. Or they could have just started with the car crash without any explanation of who these characters are. Just start it with them driving. And then so you see that Stuntman Mike does this thing. Yeah. You didn't need to be introduced to any of those characters. You didn't need it. They died. And then they were were, insignificant to the story apart from the fact that that shows that what Stuntman Mike does. Yeah. You can open with that. And it would have been such a more powerful film. Like you would have started with the fucking shit going everywhere, and then you're like, "Oh, what's going to happen to these people?" And then you see the the twist. Like it really didn't have to. You could re-edit this film so much better. Quite possibly. I feel that having and it would have been better. Could have been heaps short, and it would have felt not as long. Well, because we've spent all this time with these girls, where we are meant to feel something for them. I didn't. You didn't. I'm pretty certain you just sat down. Because they were just four Quentin film. Tarantino sitting in the car talking to each other. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh fuck shit! I got my I got my work cut out for me today, um, <laughs> which is fine. This is great. So um, yeah, so I so feel that Mike, we haven't got him into it. Yet. We haven't even started talking about Sam and Mike. No, um, but yeah, so having these girls when we the audience are meant to feel something for them. So when we get to this scene that happens a little bit later on. We're meant to be like, what the fuck? But except they introduce Rose McGowan's character. Yes. As the whitest person I've ever seen. Like they, like, they make her blonde should, and put her into white clothes and she's pale as fuck. She shouldn't be a blonde. Like, you know, oh, I think they did that to polarise her away from They 100% her. The, did that. But the problem was 
is that they showed that these girls are bullies and they were bullies to her when she was younger. So it made me not care about them even less. That they're, <laughs> not only are they pretentious, yes. they think they're wicked. They're bullies and horrible girls. So, like, I was just, I was just, just hoping they'd die even quicker. And I'm like, so yeah, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> like, so you're saying that you're supposed to care that it happens to them, but they were like, in every point in that start bit of the film instilled in me. The, the notion that I hate these characters mm. and I hate these people. Like, they're... Well, they're not the greatest characters. Like, I mean, you know, the... I mean, I might be getting a bit harsh on them. You, but... are, you are. You're like, you are, you are just, like, holding... Don't get me wrong. I would have so said dear. that poem to them. <laughs> I heard that on the radio. <laughs> I would have forgotten the poem, but I would have been like... I got you a hey, drink. <laughs> drink. Hey, I heard there's a poem I'm going to say. I'm not going to say that because it's stupid. It's like, there's a poem, but lap dance anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Rose McGowan's character comes in as a new character, yep. another new character, another girl. Um, I like this, though. I like her character. Yeah, so she's obviously probably an older character. That, no, she wasn't. She's supposed to be in the same year as them. Yeah. Well, she's the same age as Jungle Julia or whatever. So um, we are introduced to her. She's in the bar, and she's basically like, hey, you know, can hey, I can't remember Tarantino's character's name. Um Oh, man. Like Owen or... Doesn't matter. Something. And she's like, do you know anyone here who can vouch for a ride? And then, of course, these keys slide across the, the bar and... Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike. Enter Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike. Uh, scarred up uh, Kurt Russell. Pretty much. So it's the same scar from um, that movie that he was in where he had a scar. Uh, Fuck. Uh, 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 <laughs> Snake Pliskin. Is that his name? Yes. Nate sure. Fliskin, uh, Escape from New York, LA. Thank you. Yes. Slash yep. LA. Oh. Oh, man, we're getting, we're getting through it. Lordy. So he's at the bar. He's having a drink. He's non-alcoholic drink. He's got his nacho grande platter. And I would like to point out that I made a point of when I was sit, sat down watching this, I got myself a burrito. Sat, oh, really? I was watching a burrito. You're I was, ready. I was going to make nachos, but no. Yeah. Burrito time. Wait, you um, made a burrito? I bought a burrito. I was going to say, it seems heaps harder than yeah, no. making nachos. No, no, I bought a, a burrito. Which someone, is a someone made cheese me. on chips in a microwave. <laughs> you are making nachos wrong, Dan. Yeah, I've never made them. I'm going <laughs> to make you nachos one day. You'll be like, oh, shit. I'll yeah. die. You will. You won't. I'll make them good. Uh, so he's. She starts talking to him and he's saying, I will offer you a ride if and when I am ready to leave, leave. the bar. She's concerned that he's been drinking and then he explains that he is a. So he does not drink alcohol. He's pretty much like straight. In. Yeah. Um. He's sitting there. He's like, I've been drinking virgin blah blahs, and I'm working up to my my big drink of the night, my ladder. Um. So she's like, Cool. I'll definitely take a ride from you when yeah. when you're ready to go. Right. No. No. Um, first, first, we get a lengthy conversation of pointless shit <laughs> from like stuntman Mike explaining, right, proving he's a stuntman, yeah. or whatever, talking to people, and. It was okay. I thought that was cool. I, I think Stuntman Mike it was a cool character. I did find him a bit gross. Yeah, of course. Because he's supposed to, I think. He's, he's like an older dude that would have been rad in his prime, but he's out of his prime yeah. kind of thing. So they, he's talking about um, being a stuntman and how he got into being a stuntman. The films that no one's heard about, which was just all Quentin Tarantino wank. And <laughs> she's basically like, um, was saying, hey, who is this guy? Like, he's like, you ask anybody, they know who I am. She's like, hey, Warren. His name's Warren. Warren, <laughs> there you go. It's like, who is this guy? It's like, Stuntman Mike. And who the hell is Stuntman Mike? Stuntman. Yeah. End of story. No more questions, please. Which 
that's cool. I'm okay with that. Um, then we get to see, yeah, his car's really cool. Um, it's very, very, very cool stunt car, and they and go I, into it. And I like, have the, the skull that's on the car. I was going to say you have the car. I have, no. Do you have this, a Matchbox car of it? Surely they must have done that. They would have. They would have okay because they do Matchbox cars for everything these days. Pretty much. Uh, well, the skull that's on the car, I've got that tattooed on my body. Do you? I do. Where? Right there. Oh, you're getting it <laughs> on your finger. It's on my finger. Uh, <laughs> she gave me the middle finger response with a skull on it. Yeah, right. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, and then and so they all leave. They all decide to leave. No, well, no, yeah, no, no. He, he does the bit. Well, they go outside. So there's a lot of like pot smoking and drinking and the girls are starting to get tired and like sassy. And he comes out and he's they talking to They still don't seem drunk though, even though they're trying to act drunk. Yeah. And he's talking to them and he basically comes up to Butterfly and he recites the poem for her. And um, they're talking a little bit and like, I've already done it. And he's like, no, you've got this look about you that you feel that you would have been hounded all night by guys and you haven't been and I'm the only guy that's Yeah, I thought on. that bit was good. Like, yeah. like, knock him down a notch. Yeah, which is really cool. And then so he's just like, well, I'm just going to have to put you down in my book as chicken shit. Yeah, he basically just like um, back to the future's a... Yeah. Like, like, you call me yellow? You call me a chicken? <laughs> Don't call me a chicken. I'm like, really? You fell for that? Yeah, she fell for that. And then it does the, the classic use of the, so she goes, decides to give him a lap dance. Yeah. And it does like the classic, goes, like, missing reel. Missing reel. And then I was like, fuck you. I was like, fuck yes. And I'm like, I need to go and get the my, uh, the other cut, the, the feature cut. And then I'll go watch that scene. Well, I was just, I didn't want to see a lap dance. It was already, it was already getting so late in the night of this film of like nothing happening and just conversation i was like please just yeah it's not in there yeah get in the cars everyone <laughs> make like make, make the film worth watching yeah so they're all ready to leave um and the girls are like okay we're going off to the lake house they're talking to rose mcgowan and she's like, and like enjoy your ride and she's like he's old enough to be my dad and he's like i can hear you yeah that bit there like they were kind of fr- i thought that like they'd be more at each other's, or she'd say something to them, make them feel like shit or something, yeah. or, or just something. It's but, just, like, the whole point of them bullying her had no relevance to the story after the... Well, they were only bullying her behind her back, which is what women do. Um, yeah, I know, but, like... talking or, shit behind her back to her face. They're probably very lovely. Um, but why did they even have it in there, then? <laughs> shows what kind of pieces of shit women are. Uh, so, um... They, they just start talking about the car, start my mic and Rose McGowan, they're chatting about the car and he, she's like, oh, this, this isn't what explained when you said you were going to give me a ride. So he's basically opened up the car. There's, he's had to like pop this metal kind of- That was of a tractor seat. Drum, yeah, tractor seat. I, <laughs> I was like, it's a drummer seat. I probably had one of those on, yeah, at my so drum kit. Yeah, the car's kit. built for just one person. Yeah. It's a fake car. He's like, car. this is where they would put the camera. So there is nothing in there. There's no carpet. There's there's nothing. It's like a glass box. Yeah, he's in a glass box and, and she's just, just sitting on a track, a metal tractor seat. She's sitting on a tractor thing. Um, Of course, she's like, okay, well, he's like, well, look, if it, it's going to make you feel better, you won't have to worry about me getting fresh and touching your knees. Yeah, she's good like, to- well, that's kind of nice. I like, feel slightly better about that. Then, of course, like, they go off. There's a, that nice uh, fourth wall break where he's finishing his cigarette. He turns to the camera. He smiles, throws his cigarette. I love that scene. Yeah, I didn't mind that. That's a great scene. And then, of course, the first lot of girls, they drive off in one direction. He pulls out and he's like, okay, well, which, which way are you going? 
Yeah, right. I thought this was really cool. I'm going, right. And he's like, oh, see, that's a shame. He's like, well, why is that? It's like, well, we're both going left, but it could have gone either way. So you could have just as easily been going left and it would have taken you a while to figure out that you're in yeah, trouble. the scare wouldn't start. And he's like, I'm afraid you're going to have to start being afraid immediately. And just fucking peels out in his car doing the... Speeding off down the road. She, of course, there's no seatbelt in this car. She is just on this fucking tractor stool. He's basically beating her up with the car in by the just car. reckless driving. And it's <laughs> fantastic. And she's just like, heads being slammed against the glass. And she's like, I- I'm sorry. This is a joke, right? Haha, <laughs> jokes are funny, right? And then, of course, he's, he's still going. And he basically says, you know what? This car is death proof. But to get the benefits, you gotta be in my seat. And just fucking slams on the brake and her head just goes straight into that dashboard. Yeah, dies. And basically, she doesn't even die straight away. She, like, laying there, like, coughing up blood, lifts her head. You know, her face is pretty much all concaved in. All her teeth are gone. Her, um, like, her nose is clearly broken. And she's just like... And then dies. So we got our first bit of violence in the horror film, like, like yep. an hour in. He then <laughs> pulls down his uh, uh, sun visor, pulls out the pictures of the three girls that we've just been following for the last 30 Yeah, implying like, that he's a squid stalker man. Dumps them out the window. Don't speeds. know why he dumped them out the window. Well, get rid of the evidence. Why would he have them on him? <laughs> we don't question Stuntman Mike and what he's doing. So then he speeds off and we cut back to the girls who are... Having another really long conversation. In the car. Jungle Julie is on the phone to the radio station that she works for and she's requesting a song on the radio. Um, the girls are still driving along and then all of a sudden the song comes on. Um, Isn't there there's some, there's some new characters as well we haven't even mentioned? Well, we've got uh, Lena Frank. She's now driving the car. So we've got the three girls and Lena Frank who is like, just some random... Exactly. They just added a new character in. They spend an, like an hour with conversation with all these other girls and then just add in another character and she doesn't get any lines or anything, but she's part of the main crew, yeah. in part of the main death thing. It's messy. The film's messy. Like, there's so many things I was just like, why is she there? Why, why was, wh- what's the point of like having so much exposition for other characters kind of thing? They're not even, it's not even exposition. It's just rambling dialogue and then add a new character in at the last second and is in the main scene of death mm-hmm. like well we don't even like because we're introduced to her briefly early on but she has no dialogue she's basically there to provide them with weed but why is she in the car like, what what, what? she might be the only one who hasn't been drinking yeah but like <laughs> i know <laughs> I know. It's at this point it's best to not ask questions. No. I'm <laughs> asking them all. You'll ask them all. So gonna Liz the fuck out of this. You're gonna Liz the fuck out of this. Liz did not watch this. She was done. She's also seen it a bunch of times because I watch it frequently. Um so they're driving off and of course, um one of the greatest songs, uh, Hold Tight by Dave D. Dozy B and Titch comes on. Is that a re- did you have a stroke? Yeah, I did. <laughs> But I like that I said it without stuttering. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, great song. Perfect for the scene. And they're all getting excited in the car. Of course, you know, one of them's trying to turn it up. So she's not got a seatbelt on. And you're like, oh, gosh. She's turning it up. She's leaning over the front seat. Jungle Julie has got a fucking leg hanging out of the the. Because I window. assume it's hot there because it was raining earlier in the scene. And they were, they were still in their, like, short shorts. 
at their feet out in the rain. So well, that's I've, women though. It could be like ten degrees, and if they've got a body yeah, like that, they're going to wear short shorts. But it looked like it was like assuming it was like humid and kind yeah, of like well, that hot rain. It's Austin, Texas. Yeah, I didn't so know the weather I'm there. I'm guessing it's hot all year hot round. Hot rain. Yeah. Hot rain. Hot rains. The rains down in Africa. Yes. Um. So then. While this is all happening, Stuntman Mike's car just boom, zooms past. It cuts to him. He just does this huge, like, crazy U-turn, turns off his lights, starts revving. He basically chicken. He's playing chicken with he, them. And they don't even know. Yeah, he's, um, he's hidden so in the darkness. At this time, like, this song is playing loudly. The girls are in the car. They're, like, getting into it. They're all excited. And then as the drum fill kicks in, this is perfect timing. This is perfect editing with the song and what's gonna what is about to happen. He flicks on the lights and all girls just you see this reaction of fuck. And then the car just plows into the other car. Like And we get we get the advantage point of all four all deaths. Four in a, deaths. Like played not in, in not in real time. So, so you see them all separately as their own like little Shana bit. Banana flies out the windshield and she is just Bladder's kind of along the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Jungle Julia, her leg gets ripped off. Yeah, that leg looked really good. That it, leg looked like that heavy looked and meaty. Good. It was a thick leg. Um, There's a lot of legs missing themes in this like, mm. planet. Like, from the he first one, he probably still Terror, has the props. At he home. probably sexes the legs. He rubs <laughs> them on his sex bit. Sex <laughs> leg. Um, and of course, a butterfly gets. I think she gets the worst of it. Which she gets one? the fucking tire to the face. Was that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gets the tire to the face. Because the car kind of like smashes over the other yeah. car kind of thing, yeah. And then Lena Frank in the front seat. She just kind of hits her face. Head. She just like, the, the steering wheel just goes straight into her. Like she, yeah, but it doesn't look, it, I'm like, I think out of all of them, that's the. It's just like, it's like she could have survived. Possibly. Didn't. Quite possibly. No, nobody <laughs> survives. And of course, Stuntman Mike's car just does this crazy flip. And What if one of them did survive? Like his whole fucking plan would be ruined. Just to say he hit yeah, his head on. He, he would be screwed. Um, there was meant to be a scene. So it then cuts to the, the hospital. And we have Dr. Block from yeah, yeah. Planet Terror. Like, Ooh, crossover, nurse from Planet Terror, written right. in my notes. So yeah, and she was my favorite, one of my favorite characters in Planet Terror. So yes. the fact that. I think they knew she was a really good character because I've noticed when I was doing the Planet Terror um, like branding last week for our show, when I was writing Planet Terror and it comes up with uh, Rose McGowan and her character. Yeah, the just most. that picture of her holding, holding that the syringe. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, such a good. I think that was like my desktop background for the longest time as well. I saw it as like a Japanese, um, a Japanese poster on a T-shirt of that, like with Ooh. all the Japanese written around and done in a really strange. And I was like, oh, I should get that T-shirt. But you always do that thing where I'm like, that's a sick T-shirt. And by the time you get to the shopping cart, it's $85. Like, As someone who posted. collects T-shirts, yes, this hurts my soul. Yeah, and, and you end up just never getting them. I've with, done it so many times. Like putting The unfortunate them in. thing is, is I usually do get them. And I then I sometimes. wait five months for them to, to arrive. Um, so, yeah. So, Sheriff L. McGraw from Planet Terror and all a bunch of Tarantino's other films, he's talking to Dr. Block about... Um, the patient, Stuntman Mike, he's survived and she gets pissy and fucking storms off. We then have this kind of uh, walk around where he's talking to his son and he's yeah. basically saying he's like... Like he knows that Stuntman Mike's a dodgy dude. Yes. He knows what he's doing, but he's got no he's, proof. He's got no proof and he's like, well, because thinking's free, I'm going to do it. Um, but 
there's at this point though, what he is doing is he is killing people with his car, like yeah. you know, but wounding himself. He puts himself in hospital as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had like a shattered finger and something else, so he came out pretty much unscathed. Yeah, um, broken nose, I think. And what he kind of was suggesting at one point was that it's a sexual thrill for Stuntman Mike. Yep. Um, there was a scene that was deleted. Oh, where you have a stiffy. He was actually jacking it after the car crash. So there's meant to be a scene where, like, he's, like, upside down, this car's done, and he's, like... Doing it up. Yeah, having, yeah, I'm glad they took that out. Having a go at it, which I'm glad they took that out. What was that crash film? Remember that? I haven't seen that. That were people who get off from being in car crashes? Yeah, uh, I don't... Because there's two crash films, and one of them's, like, quite well known, and one of them is that one. <laughs> <laughs> The one that everyone watches accidentally going, I don't understand why this film's so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he talks about that and he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, well, I could take this case on out of hours. I could do this and I could follow him around and I could prove it or I could follow the NASCAR circuit. So he decides that basically nothing's going to be done. They don't care. Cut to. How convenient. Right. Cut to, I think it's eight months later. Or 12 months later? Yeah, cut to 12 months later, and there's another fucking four girls, who, like, basically clones of each other, because obviously he finds the same kind of people, yeah. which would be impossible to find a group of girls who drive around in a car that, that are all the same around age. And it, and then we get the real actresses yes. come into it. So you get, like, yeah, you, uh, Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, um, Zoe Bell, who fucking is the bomb. We love Zoe Bell. Okay, which one's she? She's the one who's on the car. Yeah, she's usually the she's so, Uma Thurman's stunt lady. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another young lady whose name I've completely forgotten, and I feel terrible about that. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so he's then you see him taking photos. So clearly, we know that this cycle is starting again. He's stalking these girls. And I've written in my notes four new girls. Fuck this. <laughs> oh come on. As I said, I'm still standing with the thing that it could have just started with the car crash and then moved straight into these four new girls because there yep. was no reason to like those girls. Um, so this is the grindhouse cut. So there is so much missing as well. Like there is a Good. lot of other. There's like a whole thing where these girls are going to pick up Zoe from the airport and that goes on. And we don't even get that. So that's like we get a first look at Stuntman Mike is stumbled upon these women seen Rosario Dawson's feet hanging out of the car. He's kind of getting off on it. And then it cuts to... Well, there another foot thing that they've cut out? So yeah. it's just... So basically <laughs> what it is is, like, he's not intentionally... He's basically come out. He's seen these girls. He's like, okay, well, these are my next victims. But rather than taking the time and effort to stalk them in Properly. the way he would have done with these other girls, this is, like, pretty much on the fly. He's just like, let's just do this. Yeah. Um, I don't think it needed that scene. So it's fine. It's a great scene, actually. 70% um, of the other scenes need either. <laughs> so they've picked up um, Zoe from the airport. She's over. All these girls work on films. So we've got uh, Stuntman, we've got, uh, sorry, Stuntwoman, um, actress, and makeup artist. And so they're all working on films. They've all got like the weekend off. And so they're in, now cut to a diner scene. They're having a conversation. 
Oh my god, another just converse. It, this one was long and it was a spin around one as well. It like, was. And if you notice, Stuntman Mike was in the background of that scene. Yes. Sitting there having his little cup of coffee. At this point though, um they started he started with this quarantine show. He's really dropped the the uh the film grain grindhouse editing stuff for a lot of these like scenes at this point, like mm. the film dropped that whole thing in the middle and just became a normal film where he just like wanted to do wankingly long conversations. I feel that he and then has... it came back into it at the end. Yeah, I feel that he has trouble with editing. Like I, I that... think that everything he does in his mind is great and needs to be in here. Yeah, and it probably could have been cut or made a little bit shorter. Well, but I just, I just think that like the project they came onto it, him and Rodriguez, as this thing to do this thing. Rodriguez just one hundred percent of it the whole way through, stuck to the plan, stuck to the thing, and I think Quentin Tarantino lost it, and he just wanted to make a film, and he just mm. started. He started with a grindhouse film, and then just it turned in because like, there's no, like, it was too good. Like the, I mean, not too good, but you know what I mean. Like mm. where he kind of missed the point of what they were doing for a lot of the film, I thought, and he just started making the film he wanted to make. and um, Which is quite possible. And, oh. Um, oh I, I mean, because uh, Rodriguez was, he'd been working on, he had a, like a 30-page treatment for Planet Terror back in 1998 when he was working on the faculty. So he was talking to Elijah Wood saying that zombie films are going to become big again. I need to get, like, I'm working on something, so I need to get my foot in the door for when it explodes. And obviously he got to a certain point where he just couldn't work with the script anymore and didn't know what to do and kind of shelved it. And, of course, the zombie thing happened and he's like, fuck, I've missed an opportunity. And then it wasn't until 2007 that he got his shit together and was able to finish mm-hmm. it. So, um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting little tidbit right there. Um, so, yes, these girls are having another conversation and just for the sake of Dan's mental health, we'll just move it along to uh, Zoe Bell's character is talking about she has been... Uh, getting the paper from wherever they are for a couple of months. She's looking for a car, for a very specific She's over car. from New Zealand, and they have a whole lengthy conversation about the difference between New Zealand and Australian. Yes. doesn't matter because, like, still every American watching that still doesn't know what new, where New Zealand is or Australia. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so I thought. Shit, savage. Um, yeah, and basically she just wants to go get a car. Uh, th- their characters themselves being, I always find this uh, pulling me out of the film. The fact that they were characters who worked in the film industry just made me think of more poor writing. Is it like, does Quentin Tarantino only know the film industry? So now he's making characters that are from the film industry because that's all he knows. Quite possibly because no one wants to be his friend in real life. Oh, dear. Um, and, then, cause they, and then they've got this character, which is the Kill Bill lady, uh, stunt lady. And yeah, it just didn't meld with me. Well, I mean, Zoe Bell's playing Zoe Bell. She's not a character. She's just being herself. Yeah. So. I think she pushed up the uh, the the Kiwi a bit though. Really, I don't know because like you, whenever you have like an Australian or a Kiwi in any kind of like American film, you can you notice it more. It becomes very noticeable. So like for instance, while I was watching Blind Manor, everyone had English or Scottish accents except for the one character who was American. And her accent stood out so much that at one point Liz was like, her American accent's terrible. I'm like, it's not an accent. She's mm. American. But it becomes more noticeable because... Yeah, maybe it was that. Possibly. So, 
So yeah, they're talking about like they found this car. She really wants to go check out this car. She wants to drive this car because it is a restoration of the old Vanishing Point car, which is like a 1976 Dodge Charger, I think. Dodge Challenger. Dodge Challenger. I don't know. It's a car. I don't care. Yeah, and exactly. And like when they went to see it, I'm like, yep, it's that car. It's boring. It's a, like, I'm I mean, not it's a, a cool car. Like It was know. nowhere near as cool as the Deathproof car. Deathproof car. Was see, that's cool. what I was like, well, and I'm like, it's white. Yeah, I get it. Black versus white. Oh, where'd you come up with that one, Tarantino? <laughs> so they go off to this uh, farm in the middle of nowhere, but fuck nowhere, and they talk to a gentleman, and he's like, "What you horny gals want?" Is that that's the guy from Kill Bill that like pays to have sex with her when she's unconscious? Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, one he, of them. He shows up in a lot of Adam Sandler films. Or a lot of 90s Adam Sandler films. I, 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 like, I'm not sure, but I remember him being in there going like, he had his, and he did like a half cross eye yes. and, and stuff. And he's just like. Yes, that's right. He, he's, he's in the rules room. He's like, you don't hit her. You can't have, bru- you can't bruise her. Yep. And, like, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yes, that is him. Um, so they're talking about what do you want to do? So they go off and have another conversation. Don't and- they just? <laughs> so Zoe and. Uh, the other girl, they're having a conversation about, okay, well, this is what I want to do. Because you assume that they've been out partying all night. Yeah, well, oh, no, Rosario, no, one of them- Rosario Dawson's like, look, I'm drunk and a little hungover. Yeah. I'm not okay. Um, yeah, you've got this whole argument about, like, her not allowed to come along and all this stuff. I don't, I didn't, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. And then the other girl, like, Scott Pilgrim girl, is, like, dressed in a cheerleader outfit. But which assumes that though that she's been on set, yes. Like, but or she's just hanging out in a cheerleader outfit. Yeah, there's no there's, there's no explanation for that. I'm sure there was an hour scene they cut out of why of why she was like why girls dress in cheerleader outfits. Probably, um, Zoe Bell. She basically wants to play ship's mast on this car because it is a famous car from this movie that she loves, and ship's mast is where a stunt move. I assumed I didn't know what it was. It's basically where you stand on top of the car while the car's driving. Oh, so she didn't even get to do it. Not really, no. She did it for like two seconds and then ended up on the bonnet of the car for most of the... Yeah, because I just thought that was it. Mm. Like, I didn't know what ship's mask was. They could have maybe explained that. Yeah. Um, you know, they explained everything else that was pointless. <laughs> maybe explain one of the main things in the film. Because I was like, why? Why? And, and I understand why. They wanted to do it because they wanted to do a really dangerous stunt um, which I assume was really dangerous, and mm-hmm. um, I was what, and um, is probably one that they don't do very often because it's dangerous yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And so he got the stunt, a real stunt girl in to play a stunt girl to do a really dangerous stunt. Yes. Um, it makes sense. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so they're explaining that they want to do this, but how are they going to convince this guy to let them take the car out? Of course, in steps Rosaria Dawson, and she's just basically like, look, I'll just make it seem like Lee will have sex with her. Yeah, um, I wasn't cool with that. So None of that stuff I was cool with. In they- the end, she convinces the guy, they're in the car, Lee's just sitting there, like uh, she kind of just wakes up from a little bitty nap, and he's standing over her, like, expecting to get laughing, and she's just like, oh, gulp, she's in trouble. Like, we don't see or hear from her at all for the rest of the film. Yeah, we that was the other thing. Is she's she has never in it. probably been raped and is now buried yeah, in like, a shallow grave. Great friend. Hey, Quentin Tarantino. Great writing. But, yeah, because they're supposed to be great. Oh, yeah. I was just like, mm-hmm. number one, 
They didn't have to have any of that conversation. He could they could have gone, Oh, can I take it for a test drive? He goes, Oh yeah, okay, but bring it back by this time. Yeah. It was just so neat. There was so much needless like stuff. Like they left someone behind as collateral. Her her life is basically less valuable than the car and the game that they're gonna go play. It's true. Basically. Basically. She's um really not their friend. I, I, I got that they don't really like her. Well, they kind of make fun of her quite a bit because she, she's a little bit ditzy. Yeah. She's she's not the brightest bulb in the box. I actually thought those ditzy scenes were really bad as well. Like They made her like it, it, to the point where she was so ditzy. I was like, why are they hanging out with her? They only hang out with her because they're working with her? That's, that's what I kind of got, that they're all on the same film together and yeah. she's just come with them. She's just there. But, that's, yeah. That's all right. Um, so then we cut to, they're parked in the middle of the road, Rosario Dawson's in the car, kind of like side-eyeing what they're doing. They're having a conversation out of the car. So Kim and Zoe are talking about what they're about to do, how they're about to go about it. Cause it's, it's quite a dangerous thing. So it's a stunt. It's a stunt. And of course they figure out, you know, belts and stuff. It's like, oh, give me your belt. She's like, but just want to give her a belt so she goes and gets uh, Rosario Dawson's belt and basically it's kind of like watch this and it cuts to her climbing out the front of the car onto the bonnet onto the roof sitting there and you're like oh yeah that, I did think it was dangerous but I'm also thought it's a stunt and I'm watching a film when you say it's a stunt in a film you're like well Took a bit away from it, but I thought it was a really good stunt. I thought it did look dangerous, and I, I, I sh- yeah, and I, I mean, that bit of it wasn't that dangerous to me. Mm. It's like later on when like stuntman Mike rocks up, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so she's standing on the top of the car for a very short period of time, and then all of a sudden, bam, stuntman Mike up, in his car up the rear of this white car. Yeah, so while she's still on the bonnet, yeah. like, doing her stunt, he comes up and fucks with them, like, hitting the car. Yeah. And she's flying around everywhere. She's, like, holding on with one, one, just one belt, which mm. I thought was really cool. Um, and I assume that that is an add-on to this stunt, as in, like, they did it with holding, only holding on with one belt compared well, she, to two. She's basically, at one point, she's basically, like, that frog-like stance on the bonnet of the car while this, this car's flying down this highway. And she's just there. At, there's no belt. There's no nothing. If the yeah, cast, there's no belt. Like, yeah. she's, she's fucked. If they make one wrong move, she's in a lot of trouble. So this goes on for a little bit. Like, Stuntman Mike, he's playing with them. He's beside them. He's laughing, and they're crying. And she's Zoe Bell's just, like, apologizing to Kim in the front. She's like, I'm sorry I called you black bitch. She's like, just, it's okay. Just well, hold on. At this point, like, so Stuntman Mike's next to them and stuff, and, like, you're banging in them and stuff. I was just like, why don't they just stop? He's not behind them. Just slow down. Like, what's <laughs> making you keep driving so fast? Well, I feel that when someone who you don't know in a very large muscle car comes up. Yeah, but they already shown that they're fucking tough. Oh, they've also gone in the fact that, yeah, they've really gone in the fact that she's got a gun. Like yes. one of the other, in, the, in one of the lengthy conversations of the diner, they go on about one of the characters has a gun or yep. whatever for no apparent reason. And so they solidified that into the conversation, into the storyline. So one of them's got to go anyway, and I'm like, just stop. Mm. Like, there's nothing making it go. At first, when he was behind them, I was like, oh, okay, they can't stop because he's behind, he'll smash into them. But, like, for the, after that, he just comes to the side of them, he's hitting the side, he disappears. They could just stop. Mm. And then he has... But I think there's the fear of what's going to... I mean... Nah. Okay, we get to that bad. point in a second. <laughs> but it is a grindhouse film. It is. 
We have to. But well, I feel that Quentin Tarantino had dropped it. He had dropped the grindhouse by this time, and he he made the all the conversations with him so reality based that like kind of expecting that shit's going to make sense. Where Planet Terror, everything was so ridiculous, and it didn't matter if it made sense because it, you knew it was homaging bad filmmaking. Where yep. this is like you're not homaging bad filmmaking anymore. You're just bad filmmaking. Oh fucking <laughs> brutal, <laughs> brutal. Um. Yes, so, I don't know, they, they keep going. She's a stuntman, she's a lady driver, she knows what she's doing. Lady driver. So this is all happening. Um, we get to a bit of a climax where he, like, crashes into them, they spin out, Zoe Bell goes flying off into a field. We're like, oh, no, Zoe Bell's dead. Um, he gets out of the car, he's like, ladies, that was fun, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so they, 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 they stop. Yeah, they <laughs> but, do, they do stop. Yeah, and I, I love, this was my bit... My most favorite part in the film. He gets out. He goes, "Oh, lady, that was." And then my, how are you thinking? You think that they're not gonna be angry? Like, like they think well, it's just as fun? He, I mean, because like I say previously with these other girls, he obviously spent weeks trailing them and following them and stalking them for all this stuff. This to him, he's just met these girls. He's just been watching these girls from afar. He doesn't know who the fuck they are. He doesn't know what they're capable of. And he, I think he got sloppy and he's just like decided to have a little bit of fun with these girls um, because they're obviously in a muscle car. He's, he's like, well, okay, well, let's just do this. And then, of course, you know, Kim gets out of the car and just shoots him. Straight away. Just in the shoots arm. him in the arm. And he's, he's like, him, fuck. He's and he's off. like, fuck. <laughs> gets back in the car and speeds off. And then, of course, it's, they're not, they don't even run. They're just standing there looking at this field and they're like crying. They don't go to see. Zoe, they don't go to see if she's okay. And then all of a sudden, one of the best, my favorite bits in the she's film is you just like, get her like jump up going, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. Because they've, they've gone on and on and on and on and on at About great lengths. How she Zoe could, the cat. Yeah, you can always land on her feet. When she's a fucking stunt woman. Yeah. Um, I'd be worried if she didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you get, so then you get the whole thing of the flip. Like where yeah. they, well, like, she's the, like, well, the what? hunter becomes the hunted. That's right. Because Zoe's like, who was that guy? Like, what was this? And they're like... I don't know, but let's go get him. Mm. And, and then it comes to a great scene of just showing it that he's not as tough as he is. Oh, he's like, but he's scene. actually crying. He's and shit. in the car. And he's bleeding. He's wailing. He's got this little like, oh, and he pulls out some alcohol from his car. He like takes a swig and he's like, just do it, just do it. Yeah, and he yeah. like pours it on his bullet wound and then squeals like a little girl. Yeah, and like, yeah, and it totally breaks his character as in like he was all show. Yeah. Uh, when he is like, you know, the foot, the shoes put on the other foot, he's like a, just a little pussy. And then has an amazing, like, probably the best scene in the whole film. Where like, if him, like, yeah, and he looks in a revision mat, you just see the smashes car smashes into him. They come and smash into him when he's hurt yep. and like trying to get his shit together. And then I think like he, because he hits his face real hard on the, that steering wheel as well. Yeah. And Zoe gets out of the car, runs over. She's pulled out a metal pole from like. Just Isn't that she? The she punches his wound or hits his wound with this pole. Yeah. yeah, she starts like wailing on him with this fucking pole. So this metal pole is just going right into this bullet wound, and he's just screaming and carrying on and crying. And then he starts the car and he's driving off, and like Zoe's still like trying to hit. And the then car. it turns into like a chase, and a then full it becomes wicked chasing a chase. So they're chasing him. See all this from from the point where. Um, you know, kind of yeah. The the point where they kind of stop and she shoots him. I the film is fucking amazing. It was just all that shit to get to this point. This this is one of the 
like I mean I like I say I love this film. So I don't care about the dialogue. I lo- I love all of it. But this bit. Now yeah, yeah. we are at the car chase scene. Yeah. Which is very like yeah, jewel vibe yeah. and all that kind of thing and it's just going for ages. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically like it's just two cars racing and trying to catch Smash up with into each, each other. other, taking different um, routes and surprising yeah. each other. They and end stuff up like on that. a highway. And so then they're in like weaving in between other normal traffic. They're, yeah. you know, smashing through billboards. They're doing all this stuff. And then he thinks he's got the slip. He thinks he's like left them behind and he's like, ha ha, you fucking bitches. I like, I, it's, it's great. Cut, it turns more back into his character. Yeah. Like he's, cause he thinks he's one and he's safe. He's yeah. suddenly, cause he's all, he's like, cause like, you know, while in the chase scene, they get next to him. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like what? What? I'm sorry. He's like, I'm sorry. Oh, you was just having fun. You was just playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so. then they smash into him. Like now we're playing. Yeah. Um, so, of course, then he's driving up on this road thinking that he's gotten away from them, but then the camera pans down and they're on this road just below him. So above. So he's above there below. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they yeah. go into a split road kind of thing. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure they're above because they're like, don't be a dead end, don't be a dead end, don't be a dead end, and then they come down and then oh, hit him. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, which I thought was, that was that was part of a good, good car chase. That was great fun. Yeah. And they come down and hit him. Is that where the, the car fl- hit? They flip him. Yeah. Yeah, and they flip Stuntman Mike's car, which is a great stunt. Yeah. Like that, that car flip was like, damn, they get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they fucked him. They've, they've crashed him. He's rolled. He's fucking. He's hurt. He's in his car. Then they pull him out of the car. Well, the bit where he comes up and he's expecting like sympathy from them. He's just yeah. Like, he's just Don't like, look out, my arm, my arm's he's broken. Like, help and me, help him. me. And you think because any any other situation. You would expect that, oh, I've just been pulled out of a car. Like, you need to help me. And instead, they just start beating the absolute fucking No, they stand shit. him up and just do a punch circle, which doesn't make any sense. And it goes for fucking ages. I don't even care. It's great punches. Yeah, yeah, Rosario I, Dawson being a fucking badass. Yeah, it was funny because also she's, like, not even a badass in the film. But for some reason, she yeah. can, like, punch someone repeatedly. But, but we, we, she look, was the one that was, like, earlier on, she's like, let's kill this motherfucker. Yeah. Well, I feel that the punch circle was a good homage to that kind of filmmaking thing about the women all getting together and like it's very fast to pussycat kill kill. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And like, and yeah, so we get this circle punch, yeah. whatever that's called. They're just beating the shit out of it, it's just punching him in the face, like blood splattering. It's going for a line. It's, it's and then it, just to the point when it starts to get tedious. They all just fucking just jump up into the air, freeze shot. Yay! The end. <laughs> He's on the ground, and I love that freeze frame, like, jump up. That was... But then they show something, they show stuff afterwards, which I thought was bad. It cuts to the credits, and you're like, okay, the film's over. They won. Yay. And then it goes back in. But are you telling me that this final scene is bad? Yeah, but, I mean, it was good, but I feel like they could have done punch, circle, punch, circle, punch, circle, like the cut in quickly, her doing that, and then the jump, and then there's the end. But I thought yeah, okay. bringing it back in. Pulled like some the awesomeness just of how a quick bit away it, from it. Yeah, how okay. quickly it ended and how funny that was and jarring, but made sense. But I think that little added scene could have been put in it. That should have been the thing they cheered at the end of her doing that and, yep. and the other two going, Yeah You know what I mean? With a freeze frame of her foot in his face. Yeah. Like, so basically the the credits roll and then it cuts back in and he's still laying on the floor and Rosaria Dawson just lifts her leg. I think it's an axe kick. It's it's, called? I think it's an axe kick. She just lifts it up so fucking high, which she's flexible as shit. Noticed. And, yep. 
and then just slams her heel down onto his face, basically breaking his face. Just like a big dummy, like, yeah. did, which was funny. And, and then yeah, that. Yeah, and but I, feel, I still feel that could have been in the actual film because I, I feel yeah. I, I like that it was in there. I was just like, oh, take away my think, heart, my hard ending. Well, is it because you were so excited that the film was over? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm reading my notes here. The film should have been 25 minutes shorter. Um, and that there was so much wank dialogue that that added hardly anything to the characters. Sure. Uh, but I've already gone over that. Insane. But you love it. I love it. And I I'm, love this film. I'm fine with that. I can understand that maybe if you do you like... See, I don't like Quentin Tarantino's style of conversation, how he does it in films. I don't like Jackie Brown. I don't like... Um, yeah, I'm not a fan I'm, of Jackie I, Brown. I don't like Pulp Fiction. Um, fair, which fair everyone fair. really, really, really likes, but I just I... find it boring and it doesn't seem realistic. Yep. It seems like every conversation and every character is just Quentin Tarantino talking. And you see that when he has character roles in things, he talks just like all his characters talk. He monologues a lot. Yeah, like in, in Planet Terror when he has mm. that whole bit in there. I, I've, got, I've got a feeling that like that, that Robert Rodriguez didn't write that in there. He did all that and then Robert Rodriguez probably went, okay, I'll put it in. Well, have you watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. It's very long and tedious, and it's... I've watched, I, actually, I watched not a bit as, of it. I don't think it's as good as everyone says, because everyone sort of was saying that this is one of his best films, like he's really come back as a filmmaker, and I watched it. Granted, when I watched it, I was like two days out of surgery and was in so much pain just sort of sitting in a cinema. Well, it's just like watching Quentin Tarantino film. Pretty much, <laughs> and I just wasn't feeling well. But it was very long and pointless. Like, it could have been half the length that it was. Like, I really liked Inglorious Bastards. That's good film. It still had low, like, you know, those wanky long scenes with, like, the uh, the Jew Hunter. Yeah. Whatever. I can't remember his name. You know, that's what I remember. But was yeah, Eli Roth. He, he did, like, what? Eli Roth. Is that him? He was the Jew Hunter, wasn't he? No, it was that little German man. Oh, sorry, Christoph Waltz. I was thinking of, like, yeah. the guy with the baseball bat. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, And, yeah, I was like, but... And Glorious Bastards got away from a lot of that, I think, because a lot of the characters are real, really good actors and they probably took Tarantino's dialogue and put a character spin on it that mm. wasn't just... No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, anyway, don't get me wrong. I really like Quentin Tarantino films. I just don't like... The ones I don't like, I really don't like. And the ones I love, I really love. Yeah, fine. But, yeah. So, what did you give it? I didn't actually give it a rating because I, I was like, just like, it's too hard to rate, like, Grindhouse. Like, well, as a whole, I think it is, everyone should give it a go. Um, yeah, I just gave it a whatever, a W if I was going to give it. I'm like, whatever, like, cool. Fine. You've watched it. You can move on with your life. Yeah. Like, it's the fine. last 20 minutes was wicked, but everything I was leading into it. I mean, a great if you're if you're going to film school, a great project would be to re-edit this film into something that's like really cool and happy and fun and and yeah, I don't know. I just think everyone would just edit out those that whole first half of the film. That's fair. I'm gonna give it a J. I think Death Proof is a yeah. Jan special. It's a Jan special. It's a Jan special. But let's move into horror news. Yes, each week me and Jen take you through the horror news that you need to know about. Welcome to horror news. Is that okay, Jen? Is that like... that's that's better? Excellent, that's, excellent. That's next level. I had to do two takes because Jen paid me out about how shit my first <laughs> one was. 
Sorry. What's happening in the news time? All right. So Amazon have ordered uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer television series by uh, being produced by James Wan. So this one was actually, I think they were talking about this about a year ago and it's back in the news again. So um, Amazon have come out and said, we are thrilled to have I Know What You Did Last Summer with our incredible partners at Amazon Studios. Um, so, yes, this is going to be an interesting one, I think. Did you like the I Know What You Did Last Summer's the first time around? I remember liking it. Is that the one where it's a man in a raincoat and he's got a hook for a hand? Yes. Yeah, Candyman have a hook for a hand? Yes. So, yeah, raincoat and a hook, not enough for me. <laughs> Um, well, this was like right off. So this was what ninety seven, I believe. Yeah, um, so this like was that. coming off of the the scream. Yeah, the, the scream. So now we're back into teen slashes. So after scream, we got. Um, I know what you did last summer. Then we got Final Destination, Urban Legend. Um, yeah, Final Destinations. I think were ninety nine, two thousand. Legend. I've never seen Urban Legend. I know. Uh, I think I just got bored of like the. The nineteen slashes, because then of course, like even before the decade was over, we had I still know what you did last summer, <laughs> um, which I watched recently and completely forgot that Jack Black's in it. Is he really? He plays this weird stoner Rastafarian guy. Oh, gross! Like a white rasta. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty gross. The um, yeah, I think it's because yeah, when it came around with like Candyman and then I know what you did last summer or whatever, and these like I just think. The, the the killers were just really lackluster. Mm. Like like this like I said, this is just a dude in a raincoat. It, it is literally a man in a raincoat. In a raincoat. Like it, he's in a like a rain slicker. So there it's a fishing town. They're all fishermen. So we've got a, like a fishing hook that you uh, bring fish in the boat. Yeah, yeah, bring fish into the boat. So what did they do last summer? I can't remember. Hey, well they were all out. They won. Sarah Michelle Gellar had uh, won the Miss But Fuck Nowhere. Of the the year, um, some small no name fishing. Yeah, fishing I, had a, I had a girlfriend once that was Miss St Pat's Day in Broken Hill. Oh, <laughs> what she's up to now? She's actually, I think she's a big designer now. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat my words. Um, so the coming off of this, it's their last year of high school. They're all about to go off to college, um, do their own thing, and they have this drunken night hanging out. And as they're driving home. They hit someone. That's right. They hit a dude and just hit and run or yeah. just something And then like they that. basically decide that the best thing that they could do would be to throw the body over the cliff into the water and not have to worry about it. And never speak of it again. Which, Which always works. That's my just, nightmare. Like living with that would be so hard. Yeah. Would be terrible. Um, so then obviously a year passes. They have all gone off. They had all these high expectations for their life. Um I'm coming back into um, town for celebrations again. There's, they're all just haunted by what's happened. It, I think the only one that's gone off to uh, college is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. And, oh, love, uh, the middle name. Yeah. It's like it's an okay film. I think it was okay for its time. Like I was very excited by it. Really? See, I well, didn't. I- and then the second one, I still know what you did last summer. It's such a funny Which night. Which stars and- Brandy. Oh, Brandy. Yeah, no one cares about her Not anymore, now, no. What happened to her? Nothing. Didn't age well because she's Brandy. <laughs> Should have been a fine wine. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they're going to do a third one. Like, I totally still know what you did. Or like, 
What's this, this new one going to be called? Well, no, because they did they did a directed to video uh, in two thousand and six called "I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer," which I never watched. They could do "I Know What You Did Last Decade" because it's so old now. It's like two decades. Oh, I know what you did a couple of decades back. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that. And um, bring in the original cast, and they're just like, how, how, how did, is he? Because he's not supernatural, is no, he? He's, he's just not. a jerk that it's, wants to kill them. It's a dude. It's just a dude. Ah, see, I mean, Scream wasn't supernatural either, but Scream had an, its own thing going for it, as in they were dudes obsessed with film, yeah. and it was playing on the genre where this is just like a, yeah. you know, we're just going to ride that the coattails of Scream and just make a man that kills people. But, like, and, okay, if you guys haven't seen this, like, I don't really care. Like, I will spoil the no shit out of the second one. Film. So the second one, this is how bad it is that the killer was the son of the killer from the first film. And his name was something, something Benson. And there's this climactic scene between him and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And he's like, you still don't get it, do you? I'm, I'm blah, 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 Benson. Ben's son. Ben, my dad, who tried to kill you. Do you not understand? Like, oh, that's. Oh, my, really? Is yeah. that the, the, the bit? That's the bit. So the thing that they, in the second one, I still remember the last summer, is that they killed the main guy, the bad guy from the first film. Is that what they did last summer? Yeah. Is like, yeah. so it's, oh. And it, yeah, it's like these are really fun to watch now as just like a fun dumb film. Chick beer and chicken wings. Yes, it is a beer and chicken wing film, definitely. Especially because you will just laugh at how terrible it is. Um, so I've got like nothing against it. See, the television show is just gonna be a bunch of kids, this a uh, really elongated story about just a dude hunting some kids. Yeah. And honestly, like, I didn't, I think I watched the first couple of episodes of the Scream series and I never went back to it. Yeah, it's like the Mist But I have a lot of trouble watching young people do things now because, you know, when these, I'm okay, so when these films came out, I was not a teenager, but I was. But I didn't have any, I didn't have any problems watching Scream 4 the other day. And they're all young people, most of them. They're close, I think they're closer to my age. Probably not. No, but there's a whole bunch of young people in it, but I, I, I just think it's not that. I just think it's the writing. And yeah, like what the possibly. content. I just need monsters, man. I don't. I, I've never been a fan of like real life like slasher. Like if it is a slasher, it needs to be like Jason. Yeah, I like, love a slasher. You know what I mean? Like I, I need like a monster. You I need, need something, something a bit ridiculous. more than just a, a jaded fisherman. Something that could <laughs> potentially. Sorry, I keep hitting the mic. It's I right. apologize, guys. Um, something that uh could not happen. Yeah, yeah, I need some fantasticalness in my horror film. Yeah. I mean, this is why I don't like Hostel. I don't mind. I like Saw. Yeah. Um, I didn't like Saw for the longest time until I actually gave it a watch. Okay. I liked the first Saw. And then I could reckon I watched the second one. And I was like, mm, nah, it's just a bunch. It's just mean, like, gore porn. Because then Hostel came out. But then one day I just decided to watch them all. There was, like, four of them out. Order, and I really enjoyed the... They stick to how much they stick to continuity in that in those films, yeah. and, and it's kind of this fun like jigsaw, if you will, or puzzle of like the whole films all like they're all the, they all complement each other and yeah. come off of each other. It's stupid. I, still I never get... saw that last one where he like yeah you know, the trailers were like he plays a joke on the whole of like New York or oh, something. Okay, like and it's all like he's on giant monitors and stuff, and I'm like, oh, sounds great fun. And I was really excited. Mm. Never watched it. No, I I think I start, stopped watching after five. Maybe six. I don't know. What what I like I always get frustrated about the Saw franchise because this uh James Wan and Lee Wanell, they're Australian. They they couldn't get this film funded in Australia. The year that this film came out, the Australian funded film was 
You and your stupid mate. Is that a film? It's a film. Um, so they went to America uh, to get this film funded and made, and now it's one of the biggest horror franchises of all time. Yeah, they basically. And Australia would not back it. Fuck you, Australia. It, it, there's a lot of that. I mean, stuff goes to like acquisitions. They have those meetings where, like, you know, the suits see how financial viable yeah. it is, and I just assume they just would have thought, ah, oh, nah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Australian horror films have gone really good. Yeah, I fucking love Australia. Like, I can't wait to do a couple. I've got a couple lined up for the future for us. I like the Babadook. Ooh, Babadook. Right, Babadook within itself is like, like it's Australian film. It's South. It's made. It's yeah. by the South Australian Film Corporation. Yeah, Not definitely. shot in South Australia though. No. Weirdly enough, Not in Melbourne or something. That somewhere. Um, but it's like they, they, they yeah. There's lots of references out in, in American films. Like mm. it really. It really hit the points to a lot of people. I love it. Babadook. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, coming back to uh, the this series, I will probably give the first episode a go. Like, produced by James Wan, it's going to be interesting because he has his own – I mean, he's not directing it. He might direct an episode, but he's got his own very unique style of filmmaking which shows up in everything, and I don't necessarily feel that it is great. Yeah. Like, he relies very heavily on soundtrack and jump scare rather than uh, building a sense of unease. Yeah, That's that fine. makes sense. And now, what's the next one? What else has been happening? Yeah, I won't watch it. You, I mean, I, I don't look- like fishermen, so. Yeah, oh, well, it, it might not be in a fishing town. Nice. It could be in a, a whaling town. <laughs> no, none of that. They're relevant now. Uh, so, okay, moving into the next one. Universal are remaking a modernized version of The Others. Others? Um, so, Nicole Kidman film from 2000-something. Uh, I never saw The Others because at this point I was, I think, around the time that The Others came out, I was kind of in a hiatus from horror. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so Yeah, I've never seen The Others. I just never watched it. Also... Can you really take Nicole Kidman seriously in a horror film? I mean, can you take the film seriously if Nicole Kidman's in it? Like, they're going to use all their money just to get her into it. I mean, at the end of the day, everything that she has made since BMX Bandits has been trash. BMX Bandits is the first. BMX Bandits. <laughs> what else do I can't even think of any, like, big Nicole Kidman films offhand because I'm not much of a fan of her. I mean, she did The Hours. She won the Oscar for that. The she what? played Virginia Woolf, um, The Hours. Yeah, so these are films I don't watch. Yeah. I reckon that's She why. does, like, she's not a bad actress. She is good in her own right. but the, She's the, in The Arrival. No, that's... Um, Someone better. Amy Adams, yep. who always looks like she's about to burst into tears. Just perpetually looks like she's about to cry. Always. Yeah. In everything. Um, so... Um, Renee Tab has come out and said, I'm honored to be able to work on my favorite horror film of all time, The Others, and to bring this reimagining to the big screen for new audiences. It is almost eerie and uncanny how timely the themes are today, self-isolation, paranoia, and fear, and of course the intense desire to protect our children and ourselves from harm. We look forward to unraveling the layers behind lead character Grace, whose pain and demons draw viewers into a truly compassionate journey. End quote. End quote. Yeah, right. Yep, it seems okay. Um, I'm not a massive fan of ghost no, things. No. Because a lot of ghost things, like, they always eventuate in just nothing happening. 
And I'm just like, ah, ghosts, yeah. I mean, Hereditary's good. Hereditary's great. Um, I wouldn't really call Hereditary a ghost film. What? Really call it a ghost film. Is that what ghosts? Of a cult film. Yeah, that's cult ghosts. <laughs> still think, you know, like the idea cult of how, how it's done. Um, I mean, she's not wrong, like, you know, given everything. Poltergeist is wicked. Poltergeist is great. That's maybe the best. Like the Conjuring film is good. The first one's good. The- I didn't mind them. Rest, uh, the Annabelle films are terrible. Never watched them. Uh, they're terrible. Just don't watch them. Just, just don't. But I, I did shan't. like, yeah, I did like The Conjuring. I actually, I watched, I, you know, I got into a Conjuring phase for a mm-hmm. while, but now I've kind of just forgotten what happened in any of them. Like. Every so often I will come back and I will rewatch The Conjuring part and parcel because uh, Vera Farmagina, is that her name? Don't know. Uh, I can never pronounce her name properly. I apologize. Uh, she's a very handsome woman and I just like watching her and things. So I'll always just rewatch it because I just want to watch her do things. Oh my God. They're doing it in a search of darkness part two. They are. Yes. Another four hours. That really should have been a TV show. Not, I, not yeah, two no, movies. I agreed because I feel that with that, I think that's the main conversation you and I have had about it more I've often. Done it for each year. They could have, but also they chose instead of talking about all these other films, like all these deep cut films that should be introducing. You have this platform to introduce people to all these films that they may never heard of. They just talk about the ones they have heard of. But instead, they just opted. Well, let's talk about Jason Takes Manhattan. Let's talk about Halloween Four. There well, they so only many... talked about the ones that they had people access to that mm. relevant. So, like, you know, because they had, um, uh, I think John Carpenter was on it, wasn't he? Yeah, I love John Carpenter. He's yeah, such so, a like, they had to mention all of his films, yeah. kind of thing. But, yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, In Search of Darkness is a, uh, a documentary about 1980s horror. Is it? Yeah, they go yeah, through each year in the 80s. That. So, I, maybe they'll go through, like, in the next, like, decade in this second one. I think like, they're still sticking with 80s. But they're going to do, uh, like international films, and so like they'll talk about they'll do the giallo, the giallo films, so the yep. the demons, the the Fulci films, all those kinds of things. And I think they might take the opportunity to talk about other stuff, other than the franchise film. Yeah, so there's a trailer up for it if you want to check that out. Oh, they got Savini on this one. I love. Robert Englund, he was in the other one, wasn't he? Nancy yeah. Allen. These are kind of a lot of the same people in the first one. But they were one. saying as well that they've got new people for it. So hopefully it's a bunch of good people. Well, then, yeah. So it'll just be based around those people. Oh, I can see there's a, in the there's a reanimator. It's a really cool cover. Have you seen the cover to it? Yeah. Like with all the, no, it looks the good. weapons coming out of all the... Yeah. So um, it the uh, original film uh, documentary is streaming on Shudder currently. So if you've got... Australian Shudder, um, just check it out there. It is it is a good solid like four and a half hours long, so you could watch it in bits and pieces or do what I did and watch it in one foul go and very tired. I watched it in four parts. Yeah. Um, on the cover, though, we've got like the extra cover, Demons. Yeah. Um, Bulls Day. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing some stuff about Demons. Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> Shove that I in there. I listened to that this morning on record. Oh, really? Soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Over breakfast. Over breakfast. That's Suddenly a great breakfast. <laughs> Such a nice feel. That really sets you up for a lovely day, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's next? All right. So, Halloween Kills release October 2021, no matter what, says Jason Blum. Of course, unfortunately, due to Rona, 
um, Halloween was due to come out this month. Uh, it has been pushed because they are definitely solid on it has to be in the cinema. You need to experience this in a cinema, not just on video on demand. Mm. And I agree. Like, I, I would want to see this in the cinema. Um, it's got a weird vibe. It's going to be really loud. This yeah. Film. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be, like, big crashes. and like, Yeah. Like, it's, it's going to be insane. And so, um, yeah, so Jason Blum came out and said, uh, no, if this is still going on next Halloween, no, we're not holding it. Halloween Kills is coming out next October, come hell or high water, vaccine or no vaccine, it's coming out. Nice. So it was going to come out this Halloween eventually? Uh, yeah, it was, I they... think it was due out like this week or wow, next week. So they're really going to hold it for a year. Yeah. That's crazy. Which, I mean, it's, it's not a bad idea because it, it, they've got this anticipation being built. They could be doing, like, their mark If they're really smart with their marketing campaign. Yeah, start subtle. They could just really do be, a couple, like... They've got time to do all those weird Easter eggy marketing things that we yeah. all love. Like, you know, I can't think of anything offhand. Maybe they could... Because so far we've only seen the teaser. We've not had a full trailer, have we? Yeah, this has been that weird, like, fire one. Let him burn! Yeah. yeah. Or whatever it was. Um, they could do... Because they could use Halloween as a way to start marketing it, like, in a weird way, not just, like, commercial stuff like that, like, have it like that, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of Halloween candy they could create and give out, like, for it that people don't realise that it's for the film and then afterwards, uh, once the marketing starts, they're like, you know, anyone who's eaten this candy is going to (laughs) die, like, next year, or you know what I mean? Like, do some sort of, like, hey, not just a Halloween. Yes. (laughs) um, I have a fake news story about that certain thing of Halloween that it's turned people into maniacs. Or something. Oh, you like, want them to go like full Blair Witch on their marketing? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah War of the Worlds or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that, that, they've got a year to do it. Like, yeah. why not it's, sit there around and plan? I mean, Blumhouse, they know what they're doing. Like, okay, like a lot of their films are kind of hit or miss, but... <laughs> so they don't. <laughs> they know what they're doing when it comes to marketing certain films. So if they really did it right, this could be... Big and it's already going to be big because the people were waiting, which is so waiting for it to come out, and then it's just being pushed. So the anticipation for this is really high. It also means that they can go back, look at it. Do we need to make any changes? Because the anticipation is so high, people are going to watch it and really judge it heavily. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna, we should get amped for it. I'm already amped. A year of amping, handle it. Keep the amp up. I'll forget about it for a little while because I forget <laughs> about things, and then I'll remember. They'll drop a trailer and I'll be like, oh boy, amped. So, yes, very excited for this and definitely keep everybody posted. Yeah. yeah. Wicked. Yeah. That's it. That is it. That's all the news. We usually only do three newses. That's fine. It's true. We are thinking of a, we have lightly thought about swapping around the order of the stuff, maybe putting the news at the start of the show because it's not that long anymore and I reckon we should probably do that. Yeah. Let us we'll, know. We'll, we'll, we'll try it out next week. We'll trial it. Um, and then, yeah, ending with the, like, the film talk, which is the longest part of it. Which, But we have to work out what we're doing next week. Oh. And, yeah, I've chosen, and we're doing A Nightmare on Elm Street, part three. Yes. Number three, my favourite one. Yep. Um, we, I did Freddy's Dead just recently. Yes. Back, back a bit. And, yep. But I reckon revisiting this one is going to be wicked fine. This I'm is probably like, one of the best ones. I think it is the best one. If not the best. I think it goes like this one. And maybe like Freddy's Dead and mm-hmm. then Wes Craven's New Nightmare and then all the rest in any order you want to watch them. Not even the original? Where's the original sit? I don't like it. You don't like it? I find it a bit boring and weird. 
Um, definitely like the dream child is the last one, that on the list. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, that one doesn't bode very well with me. Um, and I suppose like yeah, Jason versus Freddy's in there somewhere. I like that one. Yeah, we'd definitely have to watch that one. Soon-ish. I think I've done that one, haven't I? Do you? I don't know. Like we we started out watching a lot of films. Yeah, too many. But honestly speaking, we could probably revisit some we of these. Go back and do a, a full pull apart. Yeah. Like a Baker's Delight pull-apart oh, oh, on it. Yes. yes but, please. yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street 3, get yeah, buddy. I don't know what – I haven't looked it up to even know where it is. I just own it, so it's fine. But, yeah, I assume it's on a streaming service. Uh, I think it might be on Shudder. If it's not on Shudder, it's definitely going to be on Amazon Prime because they Ooh. just keep dropping horror films everywhere because it is the season. Yeah, take us out. All right. You've been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are a podcast available on all streaming services, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, maybe YouTube. We don't know. Probably not. Um, (laughs) If you do listen to us, please like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment. Let us know if you liked the episode, what you did like, what you didn't like. Um, We also have Instagram at Pod. You can also email us at Pod pod at gmail.com let us know what you want us to watch what you want us to discuss if you like what we said if you didn't like what we said um just have a chat um you can also in interact with us all on facebook you can you can and if you want to like, if you like video games you can check out my other thing that i do um hack the dino where you can catch um the hack the dino team live over on twitch every other friday which is this friday at 7pm for casual hangs, chats about games, nerdism, stupidity. Um, yeah, we basically play games live. We just chat about it. It's like a, a fun hangout where we just talk about everything that's happened in video games for the last fortnight and just casual hangs. It goes around about two hours. It's a, it's a big hang. It's a whole Friday night. Yeah, glorious. Um, you can get in the chat live. You can say your piece. You know, if you've got a question, you can read it out and stuff like that. We've got a great community over there. So come over there. Uh, this Friday at 7 p.m. actually, Adelaide time, over on Twitch. Cool. You can then watch it on like YouTube VOD afterwards, but nah, Twitch is where it's at, man. Live. Maybe Ooh. we'll just start streaming on Twitch. You know, like, <laughs> po- podcasts don't really work live. Like, and simply people sit there listening live. Like, yeah, the amount of times that we're like, wait, we've got to go to the bathroom. We'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, maybe we should have like a switchboard so we can have uh, call, listeners call in, like mm. a radio. I could That'd set that up. be cool. I can set that up easy. Uh, can you just do it through Discord? Yeah. Kind of thing. Anyhow, we digress. <laughs> but until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares. <laughs>